Your attention, please. You're listening to TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. TalkZone.com. This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. You put your money in a bank and then suddenly notice you're getting hit with some outrageous fees. We'll talk to an expert who says fees are going up. That's kind of the downside of some of this consumer protection legislation that represented profitability for banks. And as a result, banks are looking for ways to pass more fees on to everybody. Then, drunk drivers are still out there, but now they may also be drugged drivers. How many drug users are on the road? And what's being done about them? We were surprised that we found that 16.3% of nighttime weekend drivers were drug positive. The most common drugs that we saw were marijuana, cocaine, and over-the-counter and prescription drugs. We'll have those two stories and a lot more coming up next on this edition of InfoTrack. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. When was the last time you looked carefully at the deal your bank is giving you? Maybe you opened an account at that bank for a free gift or some other special offer, but with banks under pressure these days, they're quietly boosting fees and you could be getting burned. To tell us more, let's welcome James Van Dyke to InfoTrack. Jim, how are you? I'm great, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, Jim, you're president of Javelin Strategy and Research, and you know a lot about electronic commerce. What has changed with banks that we need to know about? Well, banks are working much harder to separate profitable customers from unprofitable ones, and they're just getting a lot more pragmatic, if you will, kind of thinking about practical reasons that make one customer more profitable than another, and that really means in return that customers have to look more carefully at their banks see if they're getting the features and products and financial deals they need. How can a typical consumer find out if their fees have changed? I mean, they may not think they're being affected. Maybe they have a free checking account, but those fees could get them, right? They can, yeah. Consumers may need to look closely at their bank or their credit card provider to make sure that the terms they're getting are ones they'll be happy with. And they can certainly talk to the customer service agent for banks. Banks do about as good of a job as anybody at making their service people available to answer questions. And they can ask if their fees have changed, you know, what they're paying for various services, and certainly look over the statement, because by law, every fee has to be disclosed on a statement. What areas are these fees increasing in? Are they ATM fees primarily? You know, it could be ATM fees. We're actually not seeing a significant amount there, but it certainly could happen. Banks are trying to do a better job of charging fees for services that mostly people see as convenient. So in, in a lot of cases, these are actually good deals. Things like expedited payment, something that we first started researching several years ago, and it's where a consumer is late on paying a bill to somebody else. Maybe it's a different credit card company outside their primary bank, and the consumer says, uh-oh, I'm about to get hit with a service charge. It might be $40. And the bank says, or the credit card company says, well, I'll go to extra trouble to expedite that so that you don't pay the $40 service charge, but you got to pay me $15 to do it. So sometimes the fee is actually a good deal. 
Other times, banks are tightening up on policies around non-sufficient funds fees or overdraft fees as they try to separate good customers from bad customers and get more profitable. So if your account drops below a certain balance, you could really get nailed, and you might not be aware that that fee is going to hit you if you drop below the balance. That's right, and that's kind of the downside of some of this consumer protection legislation that's on its way to become law. Now, a lot of people are upset about policies really affecting the minority of credit card customers and other banking customers that some people felt weren't as clear as they could have been. But the fact is that represented profitability for banks and especially credit card companies. So even if this affected the minority of a credit card company's customers, it still takes away profit from banks that need profit now more than ever. And as a result, banks are looking for ways to pass more fees on to everybody. We're talking on InfoTrack with James Van Dyke. He's president of Javelin Strategy and Research, and we're talking about the increase in bank fees and how you can get burned if you aren't aware of them. Jim, is there any downside for a consumer to switch banks? Does that affect you negatively, or is there any a chance of a problem if you do that? Well, you know, it's more trouble than ever for the typical consumer or small business owner to change a bank account. And it's kind of ironic because of some services that we've all, you know, most of us, I should say, have grown to know and love that are Internet-related, like electronic bill payment and being able to view your balances of not only your bank statement, but other billers as well on the Internet. Well, those are highly convenient services. They actually make you safer from fraud and they're good for the environment, all those things. But services like that also make it harder for you to switch banks because of the setup required. It's kind of like living in the same home for a longer period of time and you get used to where everything is and you mm-hmm. customize it to your liking. You do the same thing with a bank. So, no, there isn't a downside, say, from a hit to your credit report or some hidden area, but the longer you stay with your bank, the more cozy and unique the experience is and the more difficult it will be to customize that with a new bank. But some banks, I guess, offer these switch kits. They've kind of packaged it all together so that you can hopefully make it as easy and as painless as possible. Yeah, the switch kits are an interesting development we've seen for the last couple of years, and sometimes there's some interesting technology vendors that work behind the scenes to make these possible. They help cut down on the effort. They don't take away all the pain and the effort that's required. It's kind of like getting used to a new car, a new house, or whatever. But they do minimize the effort. And if you're using electronic bill payment and you've customized other things, or you use a variety of services across what banks call lines of business, that is banking, credit cards, mortgage, loan, line of credit, the more of those you have at one bank, the bigger convenience advantage you're getting, but also the greater difficulty you'll have when you switch to another provider. Do these bank fee increases tend to come in waves? I recall about 10 years ago there was a lot of outrage about the fee if you use a teller more than twice a month. That kind of faded, and now now it seems like this is coming back into the fore with the increased fees. Yeah, you know, banks were struggling 10 years ago, and so we can almost predict it. I'm going to the conferences where these technologies roll out, and I can see banks say, well, how are we going to make money on this? And then, lo and behold, a year or two later, they're starting to levy more fees. So do these go in waves overall in the total amount of fees? No, they really don't. It just looks like it on the surface. A different answer to your question is that among certain types of fees, those increase. So banks will get hit with a certain type of regulation or a change in technology that causes a particular type of fee to go away, and then there's an increase in a new area. It's kind of like to a consumer playing whack-a-mole, which is why they really need to watch out 
to make sure they're getting the right mix of convenience and maximization of their financial gain, while they should be willing to pay for fees that truly add to their bottom line. Jim, for those who may be shopping around for a new bank, any suggestions on questions they should ask? You know, what I would really recommend consumers look at is, in addition to the obvious rates and services that our research shows that every consumer does a pretty good job comparing. The area that consumers are also looking at a lot is protection from fraud. Consumers typically place that among right at the top of the list also when looking at a new credit card issuer because that's where fraud typically occurs the most. But consumers, number one, don't look at that as much when shopping for a bank, and they should look at it more. And number two, the way that they should look at protection from fraud is really not what you think. It, again, it's a bit counterintuitive because half of all fraud is likely to be detected by an everyday person like you or me within our own accounts and not by the bank because these criminals are trying to pose like us and the banks can't tell the difference in one out of two cases. So what consumers really need to look for, and this is the future of financial services technology, is a bank or a credit card issuer that puts them in control of their financial affairs, for example, that allows them to have highly intuitive alerts or allows them to say, I'm going on vacation next week, don't turn my credit card off when I go to this other country, or do turn off all foreign transfers, because I never want you to do that with my account. If somebody's doing it, it's a criminal, it's not me. I see. So you can customize your alerts and then protect yourself that way. One other question, what's your opinion of online banks, banks that are only online? Is there any risk in using them? There really isn't as much risk as people think. We found that online banking itself is actually pretty safe. Now, having said that, to be very specific here, there are more criminals in the online world than anywhere else. But having said that, there's also more ways to protect yourself through new electronic transactions than in old-fashioned ways. So it's really about how you use electronic technology. For example, you need to have a protected PC, protected from viruses and all that. You need to be monitoring your accounts online, which is actually a way online usage can make you safer, not more at risk. You need to be turning off those paper checks and paper statements. The criminals love to go through your mailbox. That's the way that online banking can actually make you safer. My recommendation for consumers is that they go with a bank that has a mixture of physical world branches so you can see somebody if you're just frustrated and you have a problem or you need to sign loan documents, you want to talk to a real person or see a real person, and also one that has a great internet as well as mobile banking presence. Good advice. That's James Van Dyke, president and founder of Javelin Strategy and Research. And Jim has a website you can visit, which is javelinstrategy.com. Jim, thanks so much for joining us on InfoTrack. Chris, it was great to talk with you. Next, is the car on the road next to you being driven by a drunk or a druggie? The shocking facts you need to know to stay safe. Coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. 